Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and I am happy to be with you once again, bringing a new guest to you this week. We had a, we had a couple, we had some back-to-back returning guests, so now we're getting into the new year and got some new guests coming on this show. This week with me, I have Bradley Fulp. Bradley, how are you doing today, man? I'm good, Gourmet. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad we're getting to talk, man. So let's get into it. Tell us, man, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I feel like I'm overqualified, honestly. Um, Kelly, we go all the way back to kindergarten, I guess, is really when I started getting tubby. So, you know, I, I grew up an extremely chubby kid. I, I played sports, so I was always athletic and an athlete and played at a high level, um, but carried on the extra weight, you know, all through my childhood. And I stopped playing sports around 16 years old and I got hurt and then lost my mother the same summer. And that was really the, the moment that I think the, that truly qualified me. So that, that summer I just turned to food. Like it really, it really stems from my emotional um, relationship with food, my binging habits, my coping mechanisms. So, you know, at 16, I was probably, 225, 230 pounds, I would guess, before my mom passed away. So I was, again, still a little tubby. Um, And then I ended up getting to about 300 pounds in high school and uh, spent all of high school really overweight. Um, Lost some weight while I was in high school, lost about 60 pounds, and then I gained 70 back. And then got into a relationship after I lost some weight, started eating again, gained more back. And then Took it serious for a while, lost 110 pounds, got down to 200 pounds and kind of stayed between 200 and 225 for a couple of years, got to college and just started stress eating and binging and, um, you know, gained that plus more. So a few years went by, graduated college, got married. I was like 375 pounds and I lost another 90 pounds right before my son was born and then gained, you know, 150 back. And I mean, I have you know, gone back and forth in the cycle of being a fat guy my whole life. So a lot of experience that qualifies me. And what do you think, like looking back at it and obviously like, you know, what you're, what you experienced when you were 16, you know, had an impact on, on your behavior. Like, what do you think were the things that were keeping you from being successful, you know, as you rode that roller coaster of up and down? Yeah, I, I think, um, I'm a very, I think anyone that is becomes morbidly obese, like we have this draw to instant gratification, right? I love instant gratification and uh, food is a way for me to be immediately satisfied. And I'm very, uh, I'm a very much driven person. And each time that I would lose weight, the instant gratification for me came from the scale. And every time I stepped on the scale the next day and I lost major weight extremely fast, I was just so obsessed with the results and the instant gratification of those results that I wasn't really getting to the root cause of what was causing me to gain all the weight, um, but rather, you know, I wasn't getting to the core of the weed and pulling it out. I was just trimming the, the edges, right? And so I would trade that instant gratification of food for instant gratification of progress. And as soon as I hit my goal, 
I would always just revert back to like, I, you know, the whole time I'm losing weight, I, I can't wait until this, this goal and then I can eat normal again. Or I would obsess over food while I was um, completely restricting myself and I would watch the Food Network and I would watch all these food channels and I would just, I would obsess over food while I was not eating. Like I would honestly watch more food content when I was dieting and losing this weight. Every single time I would just binge the content of the idea of food. And so I think the reason I wasn't able to be successful and, and the thing that's different now is that I was able to really analyze what was causing me to gain it back over and over and over the things that were causing me to turn to food um, and the things that I needed to deal with head on. I think that's the biggest difference. The thing that was holding me back is that I just wasn't getting to the root cause of my weight issues and, and my fat problems. Well, that's, that's what's missing for most weight loss programs, isn't it? You know, or, or ways of eating or things along those lines. Like it's very much about here's a formula, you know, eat this, you know, it's the whole paradigm of like eat less, move more is the solution to obesity. And it's realizing like it, yes, is, does the food drive the experience? Of course it does. But at the end of the day, it's not about, just about what's on your plate and when we we get into that headset that mindset of i just have to change what i'm eating for right now or i'm i'm headed towards the goal like i think that was a really interesting point that you made that i i've talked about a little bit with some people on the show but i i think it's, it's a salient one to come back to it's that idea that you know what food was giving us you know sometimes we then kind of just immediately transfer that to something else and, you know, sometimes you see, you hear stories of people having like transfer addiction issues and things along those lines. But that, I, I think you really had a great point with that drive to get that, that satisfaction from food to now I get that satisfaction from, you know, chasing the numbers on the scale. And, you know, of course you, you see it all the time, you know, you know, don't, don't let the scale be the only metric you're following, you know, all of those things you see on social media and everything. But at the end of the day, when you're significantly overweight, seeing the scale move is something like it takes up a part of your head. And if it becomes the biggest part of your head, it's, it makes a lot of sense. Like what do you, you know, it, it's something that I went through, you know, when I had, you know, I was on a, a weight, weight loss, weight gain roller coaster for most of my life. And I, when I had my first significant weight loss in the early kind of 2010s area, uh, I was focused exclusively on keeping the scale moving and did nothing about like my relationship with food, nothing about my relationship with myself. Like, and nothing about like learning how to live after I lost weight. So it was life was just about put the pedal down, lose the weight, get the weight off, change what you're eating, do whatever you need to do to get there and did some pretty extreme things in the end to get there. And then I completely screwed it up because you, you get, it, it's almost like a race. You know, I don't know if you've ever actually run a you know, you've run a, an active race or anything along those lines, but there's all this fanfare when people are crossing the finish line. And then within like five minutes, everyone's packing up and going and you're left there with like hanging signs and there may be some confetti on the ground or things along those lines. But where do you go from there? Like it's, it's a great metaphor for like being, yeah. being on those parts of our weight loss journey where we do all this work to race to that finish line, quote unquote finish line. And then we realize that we still have to keep going somewhere after we get across that line. And if you've done nothing to help yourself continue doing that, it's easy to go back to habits that have been ingrained for years. Yeah, you're so right. And I, th I think like one of the things that 
I heard recently and just talking about like dopamine, right? And when you have this goal and you hit this goal, you're so excited to hit it. And it's such a big milestone. And a lot of times I, uh, I heard someone talking about like the dopamine effect of purchasing things. So like if you want to buy a new car, you're so excited, right? The anticipation, the dopamine hits that you get from the idea of owning or purchasing the car is actually stronger than once you actually have it. And you typically lose that dopamine side effect. Then it's just a car, you know, a weekend or whatever. Um, that is so true in the weight loss too. And really any goal, you set a goal and you hit it and you're, you're striving for it. And like you have all of these mental images in your head of what that's going to look like. And that you get so much dopamine from the idea of that goal being accomplished. When you accomplish it, a lot of times it comes like a depression almost, or like this underwhelming, like now what? And I've experienced that so many times over and over and over. It sounds like, you know, our stories are very similar to where, you know, if you're not prepared for that moment and you're not trying to get to the root cause of why this goal is important to you, it's going to happen every time. No, 100%. Of course, I'm laughing a little bit on the inside because I think about the recent like social media explosion of like the Stanley Tumblr and people, you know, clawing at each other to get these limited edition cups. And I'm sure there's now hundreds, if not thousands of people sitting at home with a cup and they're like, I have the cup now. Like, thank well, goodness. Yeah, it's like really that, exciting got, when you fill it up for the first yeah, week. Right. Right. Like that first week you're like, the ice isn't melting. Like, wow, this like is holding temperature. This is great. And now it's just another, you know, you're, you're there and they're probably, you don't want to admit it publicly, but there's a lot of people that are like, okay, now this is just a really big cup and you know, some, I'm going to use it, but I, it's not talking to me in the morning. You know, it's not, it's, I, I didn't learn any wisdom. There's no wisdom that came with the cup. I just, I have the cup. So what's the next thing? You know, it's the way, it's the way we operate as human beings. Like what's the next thing I'm going to chase? And there's on some levels that that drive can be really great, you know, and can help us in a lot of areas in our lives. But like, you know, your story shows my story shows there are times where that drive leads us to, you know, right back to where we started, because there was so much more we needed to be paying attention to when we went through it. So kind of looking at your story, like what, what, what brought you kind of like, knowing that you you had different attempts, and you know, successes and challenges and successes and failures and, and, you know, all of those things kind of going together. What brought you to the place, you know, where you were finally, okay, I, I need to, you know, really do something about this. Like, was it getting to your heaviest weight ever? Like what, what were the circumstances that kind of brought you to that place of, I really, I need to approach this differently this time. Yeah, there was, there was really, and golly, just a preparation of the, the knowing the question that's coming as you start asking it, make, it brings out a lot of emotion. Um, you know, there was really a few things. Um, number one, the absolute number one driving factor is my family. Um, you know, my kids, my wife, um, you know, one, one of the things that happened, I'll, I'll give you two or three things that really pushed me there. One of the things that happened is I was in a, we have a swimming pool at our house and my son at the time was two and he had a friend come over and we were all swimming and his friend was three. So she was 12 months older than him. And 
we're just in the pool, like all having fun. And like, she just starts busting out hysterically laughing and pointed at me and, you know, says you have a big belly. Um, you know, and, and kids say the darnest things and look at the end of the day, she's right. And she's just speaking what everybody else is thinking, but not saying. And I remember having this moment, I look over at my son and I'm like, he is 12 months away from being where she's at cognitively. And like, I want my son to know that I'm a superhero, right? I think back to like growing up and the way that I viewed my dad, I mean, my dad hung the moon, right? Um, and I can't have my son looking at me as this fat piece of, you know, crap that just doesn't care about themselves. Like I, it, it devastated me. Um, it was extremely embarrassing. And the thing that scared me the most is that my son is really close to viewing me in that light. And you know, I couldn't take that. And then another another one was we were at the fair and I had a shirt on that my church gave us. It says love first. And we were walking by the, the insulting clown that, you know, insults you. So you pay money to, to dunk him in the, in the water. And, um, you know, it was me, my wife and my son just minding our own business, you know, and he, he says, love first, try exercise first. And I just, you know, I almost lost it. Like, you know, if, if I, if my family wasn't there, I think I would have found a way to get to him. You know what I mean? Like, I like, like screw, screw paying money for the balls. Like I would have sat there until they closed down. Right. Like I, I it, it really, I was so angry and, you know, I just had a lot of inner reflection of realizing like that the only person I should be mad at is myself. Um, you know, and, and then the, the last one was, is I, I lead worship and I work from home. So like, I typically don't wear a lot of clothes, right? Like I, I typically just wear gym clothes or comfortable sweatpants, things like that. And so I, I lead worship at my church. So I, I wear the same thing, the oversized shirts, the button up shirts. I'll wear a flannel that's unbuttoned. So you can't see, uh, my love handles hanging over. And then I had, you know, a pair of jeans that fit me and that's about it. Like, you know, I, I wear the same daggum thing every time. And, you know, I woke up one Sunday really early. I had to go to church and I could not get my pants buttoned. I mean, literally it was going to take an act of God. And I had to wake my wife up and ask her, I had to lay on the bed and ask her to button my pants. And it, 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 I got them buttoned. The reason I couldn't get them buttoned is I couldn't fit my arms around my belly to get the thing buttoned. And that was just one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. So all those things happen and, you know, I start planning retirement and, and I'm trying to, to hit these financial goals. And I just look in the mirror and I'm like, I'm going to be dead. Like, why am I even planning for these? I'm going to, I'm going to die if I continue down this path. And so, you know, I would say all those things combined and also a friend of mine pushing me and he had some success in the gym and just encouraging me to, you know, get, get on track and go to the gym with him and, you know, marrying all those things together is really what woke me up. Oh, and I feel like we could tangent, you know, probably for 20 minutes on the physics of getting dressed as a bigger guy. Like there's a lot of things that people just, I think just don't think about, um, you know, and it's a, it's good that they don't think about it cause they don't have to deal with it. But I def, you know, I kind of definitely relate to that moment. I, re I remember the moment that I went from the under, under the belly pants to, I'm just going to wear suspenders with everything that I do. And, you know, makes life a lot easier, but I, so you get to that point and I, I know there's, there's gotta be this part of you that's looked at 
the different, you know, the different tracks you've taken, you know, in previous attempts, like what, what were the thoughts going through your head in terms of like, I know I need to do this. So how am I going to approach this? You know, what's going to make this time different? What do I need to do? Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I was at a point where I just, I had enough. I knew that I was going to, it was going to change. I didn't know how, but I knew it was going to change and I was willing to do anything. I mean, literally anything. And, um, you know, two years prior, I had actually scheduled an appointment with a bariatric doctor and I had a, a, a surgery date and I canceled because I had started losing weight on my own and I lost like 60 pounds and I got scared and I was like, I don't need to do this. And so I backed out, I lost the 60 pounds. And then as soon as I back out, I'm like, I can do this on my own forever. And the next thing I know, I gained a hundred back. And yeah, I was just like, I have to just go all in on this. And so I started going to the gym with my buddy and he helped me with a meal plan started eating. And then I just went and talked to my doctor and he's like, look, I, I just think you need to meet with the bariatric folks. And so I went and saw the surgeon again. I was like, Hey, yeah, I'm serious this time. And, uh, you know, the bariatric surgeons are really good at selling you the surgery. Um, you know, that's what they do. And the surgeries are awesome tools, you know, but I pretty much was like, I'll do anything. And I was at the point where I'm like, as much skin in the game as I can put in here. Like, I, you know, I know where I invest my money, where I invest my time, where, I, you know, if I, if I make this big commitment, there's no going back. And so I'm like, I'm going to schedule a surgery date and I'm also going to lose more weight than anyone's ever lost pre-surgery. Cause I'm just, that's, I'm going to make the changes now. And, uh, I just knew that if I went through with something that serious, that there's no coming back in my brain, right? That I just go as far as I can. And so um, that was kind of my thought process on just how to approach it. I didn't even really know, you know, exactly if it was going to work or how it was going to work. And then I also, uh, you know, tagged that with hiring a coach and um, uh, I had a counselor where I could talk through um, you know, just all the things that I've been going through mentally, emotionally, my, my food issues, things like that. So I just, I went after everything. I didn't want to leave any gaps for failure. And I was like, I don't care if I spend every waking dollar that I have, I'm going to find a way to make this work. Um, and so that was kind of my just all or nothing approach was like, this is, this is the last chance I get before I'm probably going to end up dead. Mm. And what were the things, like, before you even got to the point of having the surgery, what do you think were the things that you were learning as you approached it that way? Does that question make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Um, you know, I think I the biggest thing that I was learning is just that I had a lot of things from my past that, you know, I haven't fully dealt with. Um, things that I was holding on to that I didn't even realize that I was holding on to. Um, and, you know, I just used food as an, as a, as a way to deal and overcome with everything. And I, and I, I focused so hard on every other aspect of my life, um, work, my career, my finances, my family, uh, you know, lead, being a worship leader, being a, just a leader in general, my friends, like I, I, try, I like to be a people pleaser. I like to be, 
And I want to be someone that leaves a positive impact on the world. And I, and I try so hard to win in every area of life. And I was just failing over and over and over with food. And it was my scapegoat, right? Every issue I had in my life that I, I hadn't dealt with head on, I just turned to food and, I, and I, I could make an excuse like, well, I'm doing good everywhere else and I'm stressed everywhere else. And so I just turned to food and like, this is, I, I, I deserve this, right? And I had that mentality, like I deserve whatever I want because I've worked so hard to build you know, a, a, a great life uh, for my family and I've worked so hard to help other people and like, you know, I, I have deserved this. And so I had this a very much like I call it an American mindset, you know, like I, I just I've worked hard. You know, I can have what I want. I deserve that. And so, you know, figuring out that that is just a complete excuse um, to behave the way that I was behaving and then the counseling really helped to just realizing like, you know, there's things in my past and emotions that I, I haven't really just talked about out loud that I had to work through. Um, and I started to realize that, you know, I have self-worth beyond what I realized. Like I, I, I'm a very confident person, so I never thought that I had an issue with self-worth. But then when I start asking myself these questions and try to say anything positive about myself, when I'm actually doing self-evaluation, like I actually don't have good thoughts about myself. Like I, I, I had a lot of um, negative self-talk that was like super suppressed. Like it wasn't an active negative self-talk because I'm very confident. Like in the forefront of my brain, I'm, I'm, I'm hyping myself up in every scenario. And I think, Part of the reason I got to 430 pounds is that I was so confident that I didn't care what I looked like because I knew that I was a winner and that I was going to be successful regardless of what I looked like. And like I was going to prove people wrong, you know, because people look at fat people different. And um, so I think just all those things is what I really had to start learning and, and tackling along the way. Well, that's one of the issues, isn't it? Like, I think. Because there's this, like you're talking about, like, I, I think there's this, in a lot of ways, there's there's a misconception about fat people out there that, you know, that our lives are just about self-loathing and laziness and, you know, all of these stereotypes and, and things that people ascribe, you know, to someone based off of appearance. But the reality is, you know, is nine times out of 10 completely different. You know, the person can be very successful with their family and, and career and business and, you know, all of these different areas. And be very confident in self, you know, feel self-assured. But in a lot of ways, like you're, you know, I, I think you're describing, and I think a lot of people can relate to this, like that self-confidence, that quote unquote self-confidence is really based on our ability to help other people and please other people and be successful, you know, in the ways that we treat, help, support, and take care of everyone else. And often I, I think sometimes too, like we overachieve in those areas because we know even if it's subconsciously that there, there are the things that we need to be doing to take care of ourselves that we're not making priorities, you know, or are afraid to make priorities because it takes unpacking things that we don't want to face or deal with or process and, or don't want to lose. Like I, I think it, you know, food can take such a place in our lives that, you know, when you, when you boil it down and like you were talking about whether it's, I deserve this or this is where I get my enjoyment, where I get my pleasure. If I take that away, I don't know what else would be there. So I'm going to keep doing everything that I'm doing. And, you know, and I think there's sometimes is that thought, like I'll, I'll straighten everything out 
out when I have the, the bandwidth to straighten it out, or it'll take care of itself magically somehow someday, or I know what I need to do and I'll just do it sometime. But we're able to still continue funneling our energy into, you know, and I'm not saying taking care of other people or, you know, prioritizing family or any of those things are negatives. But at the end of the day, like the purpose of losing weight being to take care of other people can only carry us so far. Like it has to become more about ourselves, the things that we need. And also because I, I think it can still lead to taking care of other, taking care of other people, but it's understanding that we need to take care of ourselves to really fully do that, to be able to do that as successfully as we want to do it. Yeah, you're exactly right. And if you're miserable and you don't love the person in front of you and when you look in the mirror, you know, you really can't take care of the people around you the best way possible. It's just the truth. And, you know, you have to prioritize yourself to bring your best self in those scenarios. Um, and you're really, you know, my mood and my mood swings and my anger issues and the way that I felt about myself carried over into the way that I took care of my family, you know? And so I didn't realize until I lost weight, like if you ask my wife, like what's the number one thing that's changed with me along this journey, it's my temperament and how I treat my family. And it, it's, it's like, I just had so many things that I just, I, I hated myself for. And I would project that in my, like the way that I would respond to things or like my anger cues and things like that. And, you know, focusing on me really allows me to be the best for them. And there's a big difference between because I think there's also some people that'll look at that on the surface and say, you know, now you define your, your self-worth by a number on the scale. And to me, and I, cause this is something that I was really seeing a lot of people talking about and kind of had a reaction to the other night, like understand like the people that, you know, especially in the quote, you know, lack of a better term, body positivity moment, like you tie, you know, anyone out there who's encouraging you to lose weight is, is telling you to tie your self-worth to the scale. And that misses the big point about taking care of yourself. Like taking care of yourself does then often lead to that scale changing, you know, and can be a part of it. You know, when you're 400 pounds, the scale moving is important. You know, like those numbers that, because it's a reflection of like how your body is performing and how you're treating yourself and the care you're taking when it comes to food and all of those pieces. But at the end of the day, like it really find putting yourself first in in sounds to some people like selfish and you know you got to take care of other people before you take care of yourself like but really it goes back to that you know i think i've said this a hundred times on this show you know the when they give you the safety briefing on an airplane you know it's put your own oxygen mask on first before you put a, a mask on someone else because you need to be taking care of your oxygen if you're going to be able to take care of other people even you know you can do that for you know you can try and you can push through for you know for x amount of time and do that and be successful doing it but then the the cracks in that plan start to show you know and like you're talking about the impact on temperament the impact on you know just what by not facing those things about yourself it starts to affect you know your ability to take care of other people and interact with other people and you're so spot on you're i mean i mean you're i, I can't double down on that enough i mean i think like i I can do all the things in the world to help my family and, and put them first over myself. But it's like, if I'm dead, 
I can't do that. The other thing is, is like, you know, my ultimate goal is to truly just impact people in a positive. I want to leave people better than, you know, the way that I found them, not in a way that like I'm fixing them, but like I can encourage them and inspire them to be the best versions of themselves. And maybe the hard things that I've gone through in my life help them in their journey, right? Things like that. And there's a certain, there's something to be said about um, when you take care of yourself and the way that you're presented just from looks, it's just a, an unconscious bias, right? Um, you carry a certain level of authority when you take care of yourself. You just do. Um, and I want to have the highest level of unconscious bias authority when I meet someone because I want them to know that I take care of myself. And so, you know what? In my interactions with you, I'm going to take care of you too. Um, and that's not a, that sounds super salesy and things like that. But like truly, I believe that my opportunity to impact people in a positive way correlates with the way that I take care of myself and their perceived perception of me from the moment they look at me. Mm-hmm. 100%. Okay, time for a quick break to talk about the show's sponsor, which is John Shane's Performance Gains. John is a frequent guest on the program. You know him as the Keto Road, and he's created two products that I use regularly, including the True Endurance Caffeine-Free Pre-Workout. So you, it's a pre-workout you can take in the morning, at night, in the afternoon, and not worry about it affecting your ability to sleep or anything along those lines. And it also has a great boost of energy from ketones. Energize Reds is a recovery drink. It's got super fruit, antioxidants, a boost of electrolytes, and a little bit of matcha tea in there to give you energy and also help you recover from your workouts. It's something you want to take regularly, and I take it daily. So if you are interested in either of these products, use the link in the show notes and our new code, which is Fat Guy, so John will know if you're coming from this show. And if you're looking to support the program and try something new for yourself, this is a great way to get into it. So if you have any questions about these products, you can let me know because I'm using them. But also, go check them out. Link in bio. Use that code Fat Guy. Save yourself 5% and support the show. Back to the program. So let's talk about some details again, you know, kind of get back into some details of your story. Which, which surgery did you did you, were you pursuing and what was, you know, what was your success like before you got to your surgery date? Yeah, that's a great question. So the first time I signed up to, you know, a few years ago, I was going to have a sleeve and it was what my insurance was going to cover. And so they were like, you should have a sleeve, you know, conveniently, whatever your insurance covers is the right surgery for you. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I think the sleeve is perfect for you. And so I canceled that one. And then two years later, when I came back, they were like, your insurance now, because you weigh even more, uh, now they will let you do gastric bypass. And because you are so young, I was 28 at the time, or I guess 27. I had it three days before my birthday. I was 27 at the time. They were like, because you're so young, I honestly didn't have many pre-existing health issues um, other than my weight, which is crazy. Um, but you know, all of my charts and my levels were pretty healthy. They were like, gastric bypass is the best route for you. So that's the route we went. I lost, uh, I started my health journey in October of 2022. From October to March 20th, which was my surgery date. Um, So that's like five months. I lost 90 pounds. Um, So I lost 90 pounds by going to the gym Monday through Friday and eating um, high protein, low carb, uh, low fat, 
just very lean protein is pretty much all I ate. And then um, I lost 90 pounds, had the surgery on March 20th of 2023. And this morning I was like 189 pounds. So I've lost 150 pounds since then. So a little over 240 pounds. I was 430 at my highest weight and I, I lost 90 pounds. So I was 340 when I had the surgery. So a total of, you know, a little bit over 240 pounds um, all in total since October of 2022. That's incredible, man. And what, so just from a physical perspective, what have been the biggest changes in your life? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a loaded question. I can clip my toenails. <laughs> you know, I can, uh, I don't have to go get a pedicure and I don't have to ask my wife, you know, jokingly, Hey, you, you want to cut my toenails? And then her say no, because that's gross. Um, and, and me be like, Oh, that's fine. Um, but I actually need you to cut my toenails, even though it's embarrassing. Um, you know, I can put clothes on and I can, I can buy clothes and confidently know that I'm going to be able to wear them forever, which is crazy. I used to never buy clothes because I never knew how long they'd fit, whether I was going to lose weight and then gain weight. And, you know, they were not going to fit one way or the other. So I never spent money on clothes. Um, the gym is like one of my favorite things to do now. It gives me so much energy. It makes me feel so good. I love doing that, which has never been something that I've felt. I've always felt like I had to go to the gym to lose weight. Now it's like I get, you know, I lost weight. So now I can go to the gym and, and do things better, like complete mindset uh, shift. Um, you know, being able to uh, ride roller coasters with my kids is awesome. We're going to go to Disney this year and I can't wait. Um, the, the idea of Disney terrified me because I can barely walk, you know, that far. And then I definitely couldn't fit on any rides. Um, I went to the mailbox today with my kids and my son is yelling, you can't catch me on the gingerbread man. And I'm able to chase him and like actually run around with him. And my, you know, my daughter chases us and just all of those things, you know, I don't even know how to put those things into a, you know, a quick summary, but like, yeah, I mean, they've changed yeah. everything. And tangentially to that, you know, what do you think have been the biggest changes, you know, from, you know, a mental, emotional kind of mindset place for you? Yeah, I just honestly, limiting beliefs are no more. Um, I know that if there's anything that I want to do and I'm not doing it, it's because of myself. Mm -hmm. I'm the reason that I can't accomplish something because I just know like this is the hardest thing I've ever had to had to, uh, you know, overcome. And I'm very confident in where I'm at and that I'm going to be here for the rest of my life. And it's something that um, I'm excited about. But like, you know, whether it's financial goals or, uh, you know, family goals or my relationship with God, you know, what, whatever it is, like my my goals used to be so limited because I had these limited limiting self-beliefs. And I, I always told myself, you know, uh, one day this will be able, we'll be able to do this or maybe in a couple of years. And so now it's like, if I want to do something and like, I really feel confident in setting goals and knowing that like I can pursue it because this is just giving me the confidence to realize like anything that I need to do in life, like I can accomplish it with the help of, you know, my support system, my family, God, like all these things. And so, um, you know, I just have so much confidence. And then, and then on the mental aspect, I mean, from food, like 
I'm not constantly thinking about food. I still have days where I think about food more than others, but like I have so many alternative ways to be eating right and still be happy. Um, you know, I'll have, it's so funny, like still often I, I finish the day. I'm like, man, I ate awful today. Um, what am I doing? Like, you know, I, I have these, these mental gymnastics where I'm just wrestling with myself and, you know, I actually go look at what I ate and I'm like, that was like the best day ever for me two years ago. Like if I had a day where that's what I ate, like that would have been like the moment that I had the best day ever. And so my worst days now are my former best days. And so I like the fact that I can stay in that mind frame of like, okay, I feel like I ate awful, but like in the reality of it, like I didn't, um, you know, it's just such a, a switch mentally mm -hmm. from where, where I used to be. No, understood. And I'm curious, you know, knowing, talking about the, where your relationship with food was at when you were 430 pounds and, you know, riding the, the, the weight gain and weight loss roller coaster and what you were using food for, you know, from that dopamine side and, you know, and that emotional side, like there are, there are doubtless, you know, dozens at least of people, if not more listening to this episode who are in that same place, you know, and, and food holds that place in their life. Like what are the things that you feel you do now that have replaced using food that way in your life? That's a really good question. So I'll tell you when I first started my journey, something that is not a good replacement. You talked about transfer addiction, right? I wanted to find something to transfer my addiction. And when I first started my journey pre-surgery, uh, it was video games. I played video games all the time. And I was so obsessed with that dopamine hit, right? Like I replaced the dopamine hit from eating food to leveling up in a video game or to having success in a video game. Um, you know, your career, your finance, uh, your financial goals and objectives, those are more long-term and you really have to work hard to hit your, your long-term goals. It's hard to get instant gratification from that. Video games is the complete opposite. Like they just want to keep pumping you with dopamine I, we put a theater in our house and I locked myself in that and I shamingly admit that I completely ignored my family. I mean, I was not the dad I should have been. I was not the husband I should have been at the beginning of my health journey. I replaced that addiction with video games and I just was in hot pursuit of that as my transfer addiction. And so it helped me. You know, did it help my family? No, um, but that was what I started with in terms of like transfer addiction was really about video games because I could get that instant dopamine hit. Then as I progressed, as soon as I, it's crazy, I had the surgery, come out of the surgery and, you know, you, I took like a week off of work. Um, I needed to recover, had the staples and all that stuff. And so I was like, oh, this is going to be amazing. I'm going to come home. I'm not going to be able to eat, but I'm going to be able to just play these games, right? Like I, I literally like bought a new game and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to be able to do this. It's going to be fun. And uh, it was the weirdest thing. I, I, I get home and the first thing I do is like I start a game and I played it for like 10 minutes and I'm like, what am I doing? Like I am literally wasting my life away and none of this matters. None of it matters. No one cares about my success in this stupid game. Why am I doing this? And the surgery forced me to where I couldn't turn to my other dopamine hit for a short period of time. 
And I literally haven't touched a, a, a video game since then, since March 20th of, you know, or I guess I came home the next day, March 21st, 2023. I just had this epiphany where I'm like, what am I doing? This is the dumbest thing I've ever done. So then I transferred that addiction to uh, my investing strategy and my finances. And so my wife and I, uh, we wanted to buy our first vacation rental. We wanted, I've been studying real estate for a long time. And so I just started learning and listening and I've been doing this for a decade. So, you know, I had a head start, but I've been listening and acquiring all the knowledge about real estate that I could acquire without taking any action, which, uh, just a free tip. If you don't take any action, knowledge literally is powerless. Um, but I decided like, okay, I'm going to figure out how we can buy our first uh, rental property and investment property. And I'm going to focus on that. And so, you know, that has been a much healthier uh, transfer and it's not a instant gratification thing, right? Like it's a pretty big process. It takes a lot of steps, a lot of learning, and it's really helped me with overcoming needing immediate instant gratification 24 seven because I find a lot more fulfillment in, you know, accomplishing those goals and knowing that it's a long-term thing. It's not about like quick money, get rich quick or quick dopamine hit, but it's really about a long-term um, strategy, you know, and then, you know, that was one of them, the finances. The other one was trying to become a better husband and father, you know, just small wins. Those are more instant gratification, especially when you have little kids like, golly, spending time with them and just unplugging and like just being fully, you know, submerged in that relationship with your kids is amazing. And that is like the complete opposite of video games. Like that's the best transfer addiction is to just, you know, live life with them. And then, you know, the other thing is uh, trying to grow my relationship with God and, you know, my spiritual walk and, you know, those things, you know, I tried to just find as many things that were not quick, instant um, gratification, dopamine hits that meant nothing, um, but really things that were going to turn into long-term fulfillment and help me in my journey in life. Which that's the evolution that it's about, isn't it? Like, it's understanding that there are going to be steps along the way. You know, there's going to be times where we, because I, I know I, I've had the conversations with people, you know, that it's clear that they've gone from, you know, using food, you know, for to take a certain place in their life. And then it becomes, you know, the gym be, starts to fill that place. And then they start to become aware that they're doing the same thing with the gym that they were doing with food and can have, you know, freak out about that and be like, I'm just doing the same thing. Like there's things, it, it's like the structure needs to change while the things that are operating within that structure are still occurring. Like you can't put your, you can't put your, your health, physical health journey on hold to take care of, of that, of one issue when the other issues are taking you down a darker path. Like it's, it, I, and again, I feel like I, I, I sometimes repeat metaphors on this show because they just, they're, they're, they're the things that pop out to me the most, but it's when you look at like a, a performer who spins plates on the top of a stick, you know, and they're, they're trying to keep five plates spinning. And yes, they had to start by figuring out how to spin one, but eventually to be successful, you know, they're going to keep multiple plates spinning and, 
in our lives, we, there are things we have to grow and go through and learn about and change in order for us to kind of get all the plates spinning that we need to spin. And we realized that eventually we did need to spin all those plates. Like, I'll, yeah. I'll stop my stupid metaphor there, but it's that, no, idea, no, I'm with you. but it's that idea of like the holistic approach. Like it's not. And again, I come back to this phrase too. Like it's, it's just not about changing what you're eating. Like it, that's a big part of it. You know, it's not just about exercise. That's a big part of it. Like all of these things can be big parts of it. But when you just focus on one part, you can have success. But the idea of having sustained and satisfying and gratifying success, it really does have to be about how are you applying these things across your entire life. Like it's, it's one of the things that I see in clients all the time is things that we focus on. You know, I focus on helping them with their relationship with food eventually become things that they apply to like their work relationships and their personal relationships, you know, and it's understanding that. The, 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 in the end, the tools that we use to make these big changes in our life physically apply across the board because it's about building that to that place of mindfulness and understanding that, yes, there are going to be times where the quick dopamine, you know, replacing the dopamine hit of food with the dopamine hit of something else is necessary to get us through that time. But when you can actually start to put that in perspective and realize that instead of it being about you know, instant gratification, it really being about deep lasting gratification, that's a completely different part of, you know, a, a completely different level of development on your journey. And it's being willing to continue that growth and learning as we go through this. Like, it's not just, it's not just about, I started following a specific diet or a workout plan and things changed. It's not just about, I had surgery on this date and everything for me changed magically after that, just because of surgery. You know, it's about, Everything that, you know, as someone who has surgery, you know, what you put into it and then what you do after, like it's utilizing that, you know, the power of that tool properly in the context of everything else in your life, instead of just seeing one thing as the magic pill that's going to change everything. You're exactly right. And I think anytime you go through this huge transformation, like it's very often that you have people reach out and say, like, what'd you do? And it's like, and I understand what they're trying to ask, but it's like, that is, there's no answer that I can give you that's going to help you, right? Like in, in a in a quick response, you know, and then yes, like the surgery thing is really tough because it's like a lot of people think like, oh, you took the easy way out. Um, and it's like, um, you know, you think about bodybuilders, right? Like people that are on cycles or take steroids or, you know, whatever. It's like at the end of the day, you still have to have that discipline. You still have to really work, you know, it's just a tool. And there's nothing you can do that's just going to do it all for you. It really is something that just needs to be all encompassing. Well, surgery can fail. Like, yes. you know, and often. It, often like, and it's not, and, and this is the part of it that, you know, sometimes people that have been successful with surgery don't, you know, want to broaden that conversation, but it's the same thing where, you know, I, I exist, you know, for my way of eating is the keto space. Like same thing. Like, there are, you know, these things, these, these tools that don't do the work. They don't do the work for you. Yes. Is surgery a physical bar Like you wake up with a physical barrier, to, you know, even if you wanted to, you know, eat the way you used to eat, you, you physically can't do that or you're going to make yourself sick. But, you know, as you know, and as, as most people who have gone through it know that changes eventually. Like, so if you don't do the work you need to do to get to the place that you need to get to live a healthier life eventually you're not going to feel the same restriction that you felt before, or you're going to find ways around it. 
and you're just going to find yourself right back where you started. And then you're going to, you know, like, let's, let, let's, let's call it like it is, you know, I've talked with other guests on the, you know, especially guests on the show that have had like VSG because, you know, the pouch reset diet being a huge, like trending thing on social media at times where it's everyone it's, you know, people that have gone through that experience didn't do the overall work they, they needed to do. And, you know, and I, I'm not saying, I'm not saying this to shame people at all, but it's when you come to that realization that you, you had that opportunity in your hands and there were things that you needed to be doing that you didn't do. Now you got to do them. Like it's coming to that place of realization of saying, I need to, okay, I should have done this. It's, you know, that question you get about how did you have your success? You know, I get questions all the time. Like how many calories did you eat today? You know, what are your macros? And my answer is always like, my answer is going to do, I don't even know who you are. Like I know nothing about you. So I could tell you, I'll give you the answer. But if you just take my macros and go and start eating them, what is that going to do for you? You know, as a person, like you have to be willing to invest in what that looks like for you. Like the same thing with people who have surgery, like the same surgery may not be right for every person. The same post-surgery life is, you know, approach might not be the same for every person. Like obviously there's going to be some similarities, you know, things your body can handle, things your body can't handle. But at the end of the day, you have to be willing to walk this road alone and learn from other people, but you have to be willing to take the steps on your own. You have to be willing to find what's going to work right for you. You have to be willing to do the work. Like it, it, it's one of the things that kills me is I, I feel like there's like two extremes. There's the people that say it's all too hard. So don't do anything. Or the people that say it's one simple change is going to make everything in your life easy. And the reality is like we, we, we all more work, walk through our own like murky swamps in the middle where we have to navigate that for ourselves as a person and find the things that are important and the things that matter and give us that gratification gratification that's is, i think i just <laughs> created a new word right there i love it. Yeah, gratification there's probably someone's there's probably a book out there or, or at least a pdf with that as a title um if it's not you need to make it i know right um I'll, that's going to be the trending hashtag this week but it is like what because I think there are people that can look at your, your story and say, you know, might even look at you like your, you know, your situation before them and from the outside be like, you have all of these successes in your life and why are you 430 pounds? And it's understanding that we all have an individual story and a level of experience that brought us to the place that we're at. So we need that same level of indi- individuality in the end to find our way through it. I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. And you know, surgery being a great tool for me, like, you know, I think it truly forced me to deal with my emotions and the baggage that I didn't realize that I was suppressing with food. It forced me for at least three months, you know, as I was kind of recovering, like, you know, I, and now I, I truly am at a point where like, I feel like I could eat anything I can overeat, you know, and also you can find ways to overeat calorie wise that still fits in your stomach. Um, you know, that there's ways to get around it, but like ultimately to me, like it, it helped me just, I could not turn to food in those three months. And then I think, you know, dropping the video games at the same time, you know, not doing it, like, like losing the transfer addiction, avoiding alcohol as like, you know, something that I could potentially turn to things like that, you know, just facing those demons head on during a short window of time so that I can do this forever. And like truly get to a place where like, I know why I 
act this way, why I behave this way, why I do these things. And I can keep myself honest with myself because I've dealt with those issues. Like that was, you know, extremely important to me, you know? And I think in, in talking to people who need help with surgery or need help with weight loss, you know, like I, I don't have any regrets for the weight loss. You know, I think if I was able to get to the place where I'm at mentally right now without the, the surgery, like I would have done that, but you know, I don't, there's no telling if that would have happened. I don't, I can never go back in time and, and do that, but you know, I do try and help people that I do talk to and talk with, you know, um, to try and figure this stuff out without having to go that route. But there, there's no problem using a tool. And it, it was definitely something that helped me a ton. Oh, understood, man. So, Bradley, we're coming up. We're getting close to two months away from the one-year anniversary of your surgery. And, you know, October, obviously, will be kind of two years into this leg of your journey, you know, in your life, like, what are the things which can feel like a really long time, but you know, in, in the, the context of our lives is a short period. You, what are the things you think about now that tell you I'm going to be successful as successful as I walk forward through these next years as I walk through the rest of my life? Yeah, I, I have always, you know, I've always been on social media and like shared my life, you know, in a very limited capacity. I've always worried about the fear of judgment and, you know, what other people think and things like that. And along this journey, I had a good friend of mine um, who, you know, he, we worked together in corporate America and he was very, very successful and a couple of years younger than me. He was like 24, 25 at the time and doing really, really well financially. And we were just crushing it. And I remember he left he's like, I'm leaving. And I'm like, what are you, are you crazy? And, um, you know, he started his own company a couple of years go by and he wins like Forbes 30 under 30, his company's just crushing it. He's doing so good. Right. And I'm just so proud of the guy. And, uh, I've watched his journey and he wasn't even on social media when I, when I met him and he, all of a sudden he started a social media page and like started, uh, treating it as his own business and like, you know, treating it the way that he treated his corporate job and just winning. Right. And so, um, I remember talking with him and he's like, you know, basically I got over the fear of other people judging me. And I'm like, I would rather, you know, a hundred people hate me for their perception of who I am and what I share online. If that means I can help people, you know, a larger audience. And, uh, as I was losing weight, you know, he was super encouraging to me and reaching out to me. And he's like, man, you got to share this journey and um, encourage me to kind of start sharing things on social media. And so I started sharing my journey truly with the hopes of just helping one person. Like, I, you know, if this helps one person, it's worth all of my time that goes in here. And so that's been a huge leg of accountability for me is that I am trying my best to be extremely authentic and transparent and like, openly admit the things that I've struggled with that I still struggle with the things, you know, when I make mistakes now. And so, um, I feel like I have the ultimate level of accountability now, um, by sharing my journey, obviously social media, there's still some fluff there. You never get to see every single thing, but I try to be super authentic and just bring like the good and the bad. Right. And it's been a, something that's really helped me with accountability for myself. Also, you know, I do want to help people. So it's really this amazing, tool 
that if it goes unchecked, right, like it, I could get obsessed with it and it could take me away from my family or, you know, turn me into something that I'm not, but I'm using it as a tool to help me stay accountable, to help inspire other people to share my journey. And that gets me excited about, you know, helping people. And then also it, it just helps me with my confidence to do this long-term because I am sharing everything and that, you know, I, I have like everyone to hold me accountable. And then, you know, the other thing is, is like you just mentioned, you know, coming up on a year anniversary, I hadn't even thought about it. You know, the, the old me would have been waiting for this date or waiting for this goal weight. And like, what are we going to do to celebrate it? And it would have been go out to eat or it would have been, you know, do this thing, you know? And so now it's like, I don't find, you know, I don't think, uh, those dates and those goals are really what defines me. Like there are things that I'm very proud of and I'm excited about. And like you just mentioned it, I got pretty excited. Um, just thinking about like, wow, that is cool. But ultimately that's just, this is just the beginning of the rest of my life. Like from here forward, it just, it's just going to get better, right? Like I have so many friends and people in my life. We, we live in our hometown. We grew up and there's some people that you, you run into and they're like, you know, oh, those were the good old days, you know, talking about like high school and thing. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like those were great days, but every single day from here on out is better. And, you know, just having that attitude and mindset, like I, I just, I don't have, there's not a, there's not a fear in my body, you know, that, makes me think this is anything other than just the reality for forever now. I love it, man. And if people are interested in following along with your journey and looking at what you're sharing while we're on that topic, where's the best place for them to find you? Yeah, I, I'm on all social platforms. Um, primarily right now, Instagram is the most that has attraction, but I share everything on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, um, all the all the main platforms and just my name is my tag right now so Bradley Fulp um, and uh, yeah Instagram is is my primary one and I've had fun recently like I, I started sharing um, recipes and things like that and my my kids love like I started doing like funny raps and things like that and just being silly like while sharing my journey and like finding Finding joy and, and being able to, you know, just be silly and share my authentic self with people has been really fun. And, you know, it's it's been a fun journey. Well, I'll say two things to that. One, enjoy it now while the kids are enjoying your, your silly raps because, you know, kids kids get older. and One day they'll make fun that, of those raps. Yeah. That, and, <laughs> the, and, the, and the great thing is they're going to have video evidence of it. Like, it's going to yes. exist somewhere. Like. Even if, you delete your, even if you were to delete your page, it'll still exist somewhere out there. So I'm, I'm excited for them for that, really. Maybe they'll get to play it at my funeral when hey, they make fun of me. You hey, know? you never know, man. You know, Here's a montage of his best. We put, yeah, together, exactly. we put together a montage of his best reels. Um, yes. But one of the things, it, it's funny, one of the things that you mentioned in your bio, you know, that you sent to me, you know, the last thing you put in there, you know, you talk about all the different things in your life and accomplishments and things along those lines. And then... You put that you're a ninja creamy enthusiast. Um, and if people look at your page, it's evident. You know, it's there. It's there. I, so I, I thought it, you know, because that is, I, am I am I trying to be hip and trendy, you know, after the trend has gone by? Maybe. But what is what is your favorite thing to do with the ninja creamy right now? I figured that would be fun. Oh, my gosh. I It's hard to pick a favorite. Um, 
Man, I, I, there's so many good ones. I think cookies and cream, like the Oreo is the best, just the, just the classic Oreo ice cream, but they're all so good, you know? And I think the, the fun thing about it is, is you can get unique, right? And you can try new things and it doesn't have to be boring. Like I'm not in love with this one type of ice cream. Like I, I have something different every single night and it's all healthy you know, tonight I, I have one in the freezer right now that is going to be a Butterfingers and like, I'm just so jazzed. I haven't made that one yet. And like, I, I'm so pumped. Right. And so any and all times throughout the day, like I have a craving, I'm like, you know, I'm like, I know that I get to look forward to that. So it's just like, I'm not tempted. And it's, it's, that has truly changed my life when it comes to like my food habits and my behaviors. You know, I always struggle in the evening when I'm like unwinding and I can finally turn my brain off from the things I've thought about all day and like get to decompress and spend time with my wife. And like, you know, I, I do get to turn to food and enjoy a, a big old pint of ice cream without it affecting me negatively. It's fun, you know, and that, that, that has truly changed my life. So I would say cookies and cream is probably probably my favorite out of everything right now. But man, it's hard to pick. Well, and I, I think it exemplifies, you know, not not to you know as we're we're headed towards the end of this journey together like not to kind of go off on a tangent but it it speaks to that idea that there's again when we talk about like polarity and extremes like there's a place where food is the only enjoyment in your life and a place where food is 100% fuel and you actively try to make it not enjoyable you know those people exist you know on both ends of that spectrum but there's a place in the middle that I think long-term success comes from. And that's actually understanding that food can fuel your body properly and you can enjoy having that food. Like it's not the only enjoyment you get. You don't, it's not about saying if you, you know, if, you know, not, God forbid something happened to the creamy for a day. Um, but it's that idea of being able to find that place of balance. And it, that just doesn't start on day one, but it can be a place that people can get to. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent, you know, and, and even this new year, right. We're in January and I still go to the gym with a lot of the guys that started with me in this journey and I just love them to death and they've, they've meant so much to me. And like, they all, they're all kind of following the same plan and, you know, they didn't have as much weight to lose. And at the end of the day, like everybody's health journey is unique to themselves, right. And whether you want to lose five pounds or you need to lose 500, like it's just as important. And so they, they're all focused on a cut phase right now, right? And so I like told myself, I'm like, you know what? And, and I'm, I'm at a weight where like, I'm super happy with my weight. I'm not, I don't really have a goal weight or anything like that. Um, I just want to continue to just live life in a good way and take care of myself. And I was like, you know, I'm going to go hard at the beginning of the year and, and I'm going to do this cut thing. And, uh, you know, I'm going to start eating boring again. I'm just going to eat like ground beef and all this stuff. I'm like, I did it for like two or three days. I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, like, and don't get me wrong. I, I still enjoy that food. And like, that's okay. I don't, I don't struggle with that, but like, I was still doing like the creamies and stuff. I'm like, I'm at a place where like, I, I figured out that balance for me. Right. And, um, not to say that I'll never go super clean again or anything, but it's just, it's, it's so interesting how it's just different for everyone. And I've had phases in my life where it's like, I wish, I'm like, man, dogs have it so easy. Like you just, you get this, they get dog food, right? And it doesn't taste good and they just eat it because they have to eat it. Like, man, why can't, why do I have to see advertising every time I drive down the road and every time I turn the TV on, why am I getting bombarded with things that are bad for me? Um, but it's like, 
there is a balance. You can figure that out and you can have fun and it doesn't have to consume every part of your being, but like you can still love life and um, have a good balance. I like it, man. I like it. Bradley, I have really appreciated our conversation today and I feel like we've talked about a lot. Is there anything that you wanted to make sure we talked about today or a part of your journey that we haven't gotten into? I really just think the the number one thing to leave with everyone is like, you can do this. Like, no matter what you tell yourself, no matter the lies that you keep convincing yourself as to why you're not good enough or you're not worth it or you're, you, you can't do it, you absolutely can. If I can do this after losing weight so i mean so many times and gaining it all back so many times i know for a fact that anyone and everyone can do this and believe that and know that and and invest in yourself invest in the resources invest in the accountability and take it serious because it's very important and you know i think that's just the last thing i want to say is that anyone listening to this that is on their own health journey you can do it. You are worth it. And you're going to get through to this, the other side, and it's going to be amazing. I like it, Matt. I think that's a great, a great kind of final message there from you. But I do have a few more questions for you because I end every episode with five questions I call the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for your run, for your run through those questions? I'm ready. Okay, so question number one, man. Living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Who favorite fat guy, Chris Farley. There you go. Question number two, man. What is something about yourself that you love? I'm a winner. I just, if there's something that I want, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to find a way to win. And I don't know what the time frame is going to look like, but, you know, I, I, I know that about myself. I have an extreme level of confidence that there's something that I want to do. Even if I don't like it, I'm going to get to, I'm going to accomplish it and then decide that's not for me. But like, I, I just, I've got that mindset and it, I think that's my favorite thing about myself. I like it, man. Question number three on this journey, you've been on Bradley. What would you say is the most important new habit that you've built? The most important new habit, man, I would say finding my identity in, in my relationship with God and knowing that like truly, you know, he made me in his image and he loves me to death and he has put me on this earth and I've gone through ups and downs and every single step of the way he has orchestrated and every valley and every peak was there to make me the best version of myself so that I can continue to be a good steward and disciple and help people and invest in people. And, you know, I think this whole journey, like I've had to lean on that. I just had, you know, I have like, I, I can't do this on my own. I can't take credit for any of this stuff. Like growing that relationship has been the number one thing. And the number one habit is just uh, growing that relationship and having those conversations with him on a normal, you know, daily basis has been the number one thing. I love it, man. Question number four, what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? I want to do 10 real estate deals. That's my goal. So whether it's a fix and flip or an Airbnb or a purchase, long-term hold, 
I want 10 deals done in my portfolio this year um, to grow on. And, you know, I want my wife and I to, to do that together and continue to grow our business um, on the real estate side. I like it, man. Last official question of the podcast, man. If you could go back and talk to yourself, you know, go back to October 2022 when you're getting this journey started. What do you feel is a message that Bradley on that at that time needed to hear? You're going to do this and you're going to inspire and change the way your kids view you and the way that your kids will eventually view themselves because they've seen their dad as the example. You know, I think that's the number one thing. You know, if I knew back then that this was going to happen and, and impact my kids in a positive way, that's all I needed to know, you know, to, to, to stand on this path. So I think that's the number one thing. I like it, man. Well, Bradley, thank you so much for coming on the show today, sharing your experiences and your perspectives with everyone out there listening. Gormy, thank you so much, buddy. I appreciate it. So everyone, I will put Bradley's contact information in the show notes and my conversation with him is not over. So if you are a member of the Patreon, don't forget the after show will be coming up. We're going to jump on over there and, and, and wrap up our time together, but connect with Bradley on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all those different places, TikToks. And you can also connect with me, you know, on Instagram at Gourmet Goes Keto, on X at Gourmet Goes Keto. You can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. And then, my friends, after you do all that connecting, you're working on the things that you're working on today, go out there, do something to amaze yourselves because you're the most amazing people that I know. Then catch us on the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. <laughs>